And welcome back to another edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And Oh, I'm trying to bring as much energy as I can today. <laughs> it has been a rough week. I laugh just to mask the pain. Uh, the Bearcats sitting at one and two. And uh, for the first time since 2003, I was a sophomore, by the way, at Northwest. And I will be 40 next year. So... That gives you some uh, perspective <laughs> on just how long it's been unranked since November, for the first time since November of 03 as well. And uh, let, let me talk about the the podcast. There's going to be no 30-minute rant today, but I do, want, I do have some things that I want to talk about. Um, joining me this week, we'll, you'll hear clips from Coach Wright for Media Day, also from linebacker Bryce Crone. One of the uh, kind of the the quote unquote third linebacker that uh, you know kind of going into the season who's played very very well had a forced fumble last week. Um, he is he has been one of those guys that I think is is kind of stood out in the linebacker core. We know Isaac and and Andrew were good. He's been really really good this season. He joined coach with at the media luncheon this week. Also play by play voice for the Bearcats. John Coffee will be joining me also. Uh, Lincoln beat writer from the Jefferson City Tribune, Trevor Hahn, as well. This week's player interview, senior number 55, Drake Kinsella. You know, I got a soft spot for those eight-man guys. Drake's one of my guys, one of my eight-man guys. So got him on this week. And, of course, the Bearcats, according to Eli. Now, I do have a few things that I want to say that I want to talk about. And it's not going to be overwhelmingly positive. But let me say this before I get into some of the things that I want to say. I stand by every single thing that I said last week. And I don't feel any differently about any of it. Um, you know, obviously the, the noise, the quote-unquote noise, right, as, as the team refers to it as, has gotten louder this week. You kind of have to expect that. It was not a great performance, uh, now, the defense played considerably better, and I do think that was a bright spot with how the defense played. They gave up some big plays, but I know that the talent of Hayes is, I think, the receiver core on their offense. And, you know, I, I don't know. You know, football is changing in such a way that the whole team's under 20 points is kind of holding them under the old 10 points, so to speak. Um you know, I think that is is a pretty good defensive performance nowadays, and that's probably that's not. I'm I doubt highly that Coach Wright is going to agree with me on that, and yet we give up some big chunk plays in the secondary, but you know, the margins were so small that if you know if you were expecting perfection, um, that you, again I'll go back to my quote last week: you're going to be disappointed. You expect perfection, you're going to be disappointed every single time, and. That, uh, but that was good, especially all the defensive linemen, four sacks, all coming from the D line, the tackles for loss, it, all of all of those things were good signs, and I think that's trending in the right direction. The offense, on the other hand, not so much. Now, listen, I know down ten six, that fumble in the red zone was an absolute backbreaker after you force a turnover, but you know what was it, seventeen, sixteen yards passing in the first half. Um, 65 or something like that through three quarters. I mean, you kind of, I don't know, you kind of throw out the last drive where Hayes was just, hey, 
We're just, you know, just running the, you know, just let the clock run, tackle them in bounds, um, that sort of thing, and, and time run out on the cats. But, um, and listen, I'm, again, I'm not going to get in here, get on here and, and run down players individually or the coaching staff. But I think we can all agree offensively, things got to be better. You know, if, if, uh, you know, th- that, Turnover was backbreaking. You score a touchdown there. You can, you can take a thirteen to ten lead, and then maybe you know Hayes is, you know, has to be more, you know, feels pressure, whatever. I don't know. You know, when they, when you when they go on that ninety six yard drive, um, after that, that was, you know, that was a big one. They were playing very aggressively, and you know this offense. Come on, they played not to lose, and that doesn't work out very well. And I kind of thought. You know, the backs were against the wall last week. Well, I guess not. Um, I guess that's this week. Um, and listen, this Lincoln game's coming at a great time. Um, you know, that's that's where, you know, hopefully some of these things get fixed. And uh, again, I, I believe in these players. I believe in these coaches. I don't feel like any... When I look at the talent level of this Bearcat team... I don't see a drop off from anyone. Like as far as if you're comparing it to the other teams within the MIAA, I don't think we line up against anybody and they just have more talent than us. Might be similar, might be close, but you're not going to convince me otherwise. Well, if that's the case, then you have to be performing better. You know, players have to be put in better situations. And then when the players, when their numbers called, they got to make plays. The offensive line didn't particularly play well. I mean, just just go on, right? There were some deep passes, a couple in the first half that probably should have been caught, one for sure, that didn't get caught. Um, you know, on and on and on and on, right? The the Jay Harris fumble, you know, in in you know later in the game. But again, I mean. That, that stuff's going to happen. You know, you got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and how are you going to respond to that? And I think that's where this team kind of has to dig deep is the seniors on this team, the captains also, but specifically the seniors have to look and say, what's our legacy going to be? You know, can we turn this thing around and win some ball games? Or, you know, is this how this season is going to go? Now, listen, I truly believe in my heart of hearts, this is not how this season is going to go. But listen, I'm not even talking about playoffs. Yeah, no, we're not even talking about that yet. Fine, you want to talk about running off eight in a row, whatever, and and okay, maybe we can get in the play, whatever. Listen, that to me, that isn't even a consideration right now. I'm not saying it can't happen, but if that's your hope and what you're holding out for, <laughs> you got to focus on each one of these games individually. And, and I'm, listen, I have, I'm pretty confident that that's what they're going to do. And that's what the coaching staff is preaching. Um, absolutely. But I mean, that's ultimately what is going to have to happen because like I said, with the fans, right? Nothing is owed to us as fans, whether, you know, just because we have some Bearcat gear in our closet, wear a hat, whatever, and our teams won national championships in the past that, that we get to go around and, and you know, that, well, that's just, you know, just absolutely what has to happen. Well, guess what? 
you know, the, the same thing goes for the players as well. You know, you, you don't line up, you don't come out in your helmet and your jersey that says Bearcats, got the paw on it, and people get scared. You got to come out and play. That, you know, the MIAA is such, and there's such a log jam in the middle that you have to take every single game and opponent 100% seriously, or you're going to lose. I mean, that's just the way that it is. I'm not saying that they didn't take Hayes seriously. That's not what I'm saying. I don't know. Ultimately, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan was, what the play calls were, whatever. That's why I'm very hesitant to start you know, calling out coaches or, or what I perceive as a game plan or whatever else. I mean, it obviously, it's got to get better. Everything, top all the way down, like everything has to get better offensively. But the pieces are there. I think the pieces are absolutely there. Players just have to make plays is, is what it boils down to. And, you know, and coaches helping them out by having the confidence in them to, you know, be definitely more aggressive. I think that can happen this week, right? Um, you know, I've said it privately, and it's going to sound harsh, but I mean, you, you you can accidentally beat Lincoln by 40. I mean, you know, I understand what happened last week. Fine. You just have to win. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. But I mean, you know, the thing that they're doing is giving up big plays. The thing that this offense needs to do this week is use this opportunity to get some big plays. I think that's the thing that's missing That's that can definitely be frustrating when you're seeing other teams, right? Just like, hey, it's like how many shots did they take that didn't work out? A lot of them. They, what, hit two or three long passes? And so um, that's going to happen. I mean, that's that's the way football is. Let's talk about Central for a second. I watched most of that game with Central and Pitt. Uh, last week. And, you know, you, I thought, and I did, I think I might even mention on the podcast, I certainly said it privately that I thought this could be a real reality check for Central. I know I picked the score close, closer than that. And, but I did think, boy, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe Central comes up against Pitt's defense. We know, and you know, and has, has a hard time. You know, what didn't happen <laughs> was that, I mean, that's what didn't happen. Central was able to, uh, you know, to make a lot of plays against Pitt's secondary. And, you know, that's, you see that, that's not just it. You know, you, you see all of these other games and, and things with, with teams making plays, and they're, you're just not going to convince me that they have better players than us, any of them. I, I'm not even going to entertain that because I do not believe it at all. And so... You know, me saying that doesn't just mean we show up and go out and score a couple 80-yard touchdowns, whatever. But, um, you know, I think that was the threat that was missing last week. And, and you know, Hayes was able to deal with that. And they're decent. But seriously, we're talking about a Hayes team that's excited at the prospect of winning six games. You know, that that's what it boils down to. I mean, that's what their fans <laughs> were talking about on the message board last week was, hey, we, okay, we beat, you guys might be able to win six games this year. Okay, great, but that's uh, that doesn't make you feel <laughs> that doesn't make you feel great about last week. Again, I'm laughing to mask the pain here. So let me say this, and I know I've been semi-critical, I guess if you want to call it that way. I'm just being real. I, again, I am not. 
I'm not trying to talk out both sides of my mouth. I don't know. I just want to be very clear. I don't want anybody to twist my words around and say, oh, well, Matt said this, or he was saying this is sucks, or, or whatever it is. I believe in these players, and I believe in these coaches. And if we go 7-4 and four this year, which I don't know. I don't know that that's going to happen, honestly. I think it's going to be better than that, whether we win out or not. Is That's not going to affect my passion for Northwest. What I think about these players, these coaches, whatever, um, you know, there are consequences for not meeting expectations anywhere. You know, if you want to know my true thoughts, I don't think anybody's seat's warm right now. I know there are some fans that think that or would like to think that. I, do, I just don't. I just don't see that. I don't have any insider knowledge or anything, but that's what my gut tells me, and I don't think there should be. But. Um, you got, you got to play better. I mean, ultimately that's what it is when, when you've got players and coaches coming out talking about national championships before the season, you know, it's not any news to anybody else. And again, I'm not trying to get on here and run anybody down. I'm just being real. And, you know, hopefully we see a, a response and a preparation for next week's game. Cause this game yeah, most likely you're going to win it comfortably, right? Unless something really crazy or unforeseen happens. But you got to get some confidence and get to playing well. Hopefully put a full 60 minutes together, which would be great. To get ready for Central, there's no walk in the park. Lambeau has done a heck of a job, and what they have done from last year to this year is... Uh, is, is looking pretty good. Now, who knows how the rest of the season go? We don't know. You know, it's been close games. They're, they're scoring lots of points. They're having to score a lot of points to win games. Can they keep that up? Um, you know, but, but ultimately, you know, I, I think you, you, this offense, I think the mark's got to be 30 points because what has Rich Wright done? He is 36 and O as head coach of the Bearcats when the other when we score 30 points. When the Bearcats score 30 points or more, he is 36 and 0. And so you score points, you win. Because the defense is going to be the defense, right? We're talking about, you know, the people, oh, with the secondary this, giving up big plays, and it's rough. He gave up 17 points last week. You should and you've got to win that football game. You just do. And okay, gave up, you know, over 30 to Emporia, but you don't turn the ball football over. That's, you know, that's a different ball game as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting dangerously close here to going on a big rant again. And that isn't my point. My point is I'm still behind this team and I will be all season long. And, um, I hope that the noise isn't affecting their psyche. They are human beings. So that is a possibility but they definitely have support from me and for whatever that's worth. I don't know that anybody's looking for that, but there it is. Okay. And I just want to be very clear about that. So somebody doesn't twist my words and whatever it may happen anyway, who knows? All right. I think that's enough of a rant for today. Let's take a time out. I've got audio from coach Wright and, uh, and also Bryce Crone for media day. And then we'll have player interview. A uh, word from John Coffey, Trevor Hahn of the Jefferson City Tribune, Bearcats according to Eli. All that's coming here on Bleeding Green. Hey, Bearcat fans, this is Mel Churchman. 
former Bearcat coach. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. A couple of things that I want to mention. One was um, give, a little, give a little bit of kindness, if you can, to some of these players and coaches. Any of them, you happen to see them at some point in Maryville before the game, if, if you're in town or, or headed up to the game or whatever. That's definitely something in short supply. And uh, one of the things that I, I uh, am most passionate about, what I talked about last week, just treating people like human beings and not you know being hateful. Um, anyway, what I could go on a whole another 15 minute rant about that, but, uh, also something I didn't mention is it's family weekend, which is definitely special. I'm going to have the red hats out in force in memory of Scott Bostwick, which is, uh, which is a great thing. Obviously, you know, his brother, Chad still on the uh, coaching staff and, and coach Wright, who was so close to him. I'll have some clips on family day as well, but had some clips from, the post game, although I wasn't there, um, I, I was able to get some some clips. Uh, thanks to John Dykstra from the forum for that. But unfortunately, their band decided to get and, and Hayes, by the way, their band decided to get on the field and play a bunch of music really loudly. And so, uh, yeah, I, none of it was really useful usable. Some of it was, but anyway, that's why I'm not going to have any post game comments um, from that. But I do want to talk about and, and and hear some clips from the media luncheon and afterwards on on Tuesday up in Maryville. We'll start with Coach Wright, and he was talking about kind of his team's response to the loss, and, and this was, you know, early in the week, and how he thought they're, uh, how they were responding to that. You know, the funny thing is, is that a lot of people are trying to spin this in one direction or the other, and the thing that I alluded to the kids was that they get to write their own story. And it's not anybody else's story. And it'll be based on how they play the remainder of the season. And we just uh, obviously have no, no net anymore. Um, we've got we've to try and roll through this schedule. And it starts this week against Lincoln. It's, that's where everybody's focus is. Uh, I had a practice last night at 7 o'clock, and it was one of the best practices we've had all season. So that's a good start. We'll just see how we respond as the week progresses. Well, and that's the big thing. That's what we're all going to be looking at and see kind of how this team responds. Are they, are they out ready to play, not caring that it's Lincoln or, you know, is it a situation where, Oh, it's Lincoln. So it's fine. I think it's going to be the former and not the latter. And, and coach Wright did talk about kind of his evaluation and how he sees this Lincoln blue tiger team. Their receivers are really good. Their quarterback um, throws it a lot, you know, so, you know, right back to the same situation, we can't give up explosive scores. So defensively, um, you know, they played better last week against Washburn. Washburn's um, kind of in a similar situation as us. They lost their starting quarterback as well and they're playing a freshman. So I think that was a little bit of the limit limiting of the points um, for Washburn's end of things. But yeah, they're improved. We, we just got to focus on us. We got to focus on Northwest and putting a 60 minute game together in all three phases. Well, as you look back at that Hayes game, I mean, one of the big bright spots to me, as I looked at it, as I watched the game was the play of the defense. I mean, the defense honestly kept this team in it all the way to the end, you know, all the way till the final minutes until that last touchdown. Uh, linebacker Bryce Crone joined Coach Wright at the media luncheon this week, and he kind of talked about how the chemistry of the defense is right now. The chemistry of the defense is really good. We're all a tight-knit group of guys and uh, all love working for each other, and it 
it just comes down to each level. I mean, we have to pay attention to those small details. And um, I think as everybody can see each week, we've kind of improved those details. Um, and so just working towards that and each week getting better and better. And um, I mean, if the other team can't score, they can't win. And so if, if we got to win 3-0 or whatever it is, it'll be good. But we got faith in the offense and what they'll be able to put out for us these next weeks. Well, and this weekend is family weekend. Saturday is family day. And it's it's a big weekend at Northwest, not just you know, for family reasons and, you know, who who's important to all of the players and everything's, but we remember Scott Boswick. I mean, we remember him every game, every time we see coach Wright wearing the red hat that he has ever since Scott's passing, you know, we, we think of Scott in that hat, but, uh, you know, coach Wright got an opportunity to, to talk about what this weekend means to him and, and when, what Scott means to him. Scott was a, was a big part of my life and considered him like a, I, I guess between the cross between dad and the older brother uh, we were very close and so this is always this is always a special week for me um, but really you know and, and I said this a year ago for our kids you know none of the kids on on our roster know who he was and so there's people in the community that know and, and some of us in terms of staff know what it's really about is it's about about embracing families and so we get into you know asking the kids what's what's their why who do they play for you know just like i'm always honoring scott on this day what's your why what's your reason well bryce crone being a linebacker of course his position coach coach chad bostwick and we know what family day of course means to him and his family and and of thinking of scott and, and bryce would ask was asked what family day means to him and and you know if uh, some of the scott bostwick stories that, that he had heard it means a lot especially with uh, coach bostwick being my position coach and uh just going out there and competing for him just like as his brother would have wanted us to and we just need to go out there and you know dominate show him don't give him any any room to think they have a shot in this game and we just need to go out there and compete and uh, have fun while we're doing it and then enjoy all of our families and loved ones we're around. We've heard, we'd heard some Boswick stories and uh, I mean, we just kind of hear the uh, intensity he led the defense with. And so uh, you can see that within all of our coaches trying to live that legacy on of uh, the intensity they teach our defense at. And so we try to keep doing that for him. You know, that's one of the things that I love to hear the most about is how, and listen, we know coach Wright is, is going to keep, Scott's memory alive as long as Chad Bostwick is is coaching at Northwest and uh you know even Brandon Clayton who who played under coach Bostwick and um and Roberto as well Davis and so you know that's that's pretty special to, and, and is one of the things that those of us that have been around a while is uh is special as well as I mean you think about you know coach Wright talked about you know in that clip before the last one uh, you know about players not knowing him. I mean, the same thing is with the students and even recent, you know, recent alums of Northwest, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about. He's such a big part of, uh, of Northwest. So spe family day is always special. I think to all, again, all of us that have been around a while, it's always kind of a special day to me. And, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm really proud to see the coaching staff and the athletic department, um, you know, keep, keep honoring Scott Bostwick because it's 100% absolutely deserved. All right. Well, we're going to take a timeout. Come back. You'll have my player interview 
That's right. One of my guys, one of my eight-man football guys, Drake Kinsella. Although it's Worth County, I did mention at the at the signing that when I was in junior high, Union Star beat Worth County. We won 14 to 8. I'll always remember that game. And then they refused to ever schedule us again. So uh, they had about 45 kids on the sidelines, and we had 14. I don't think we had enough to scrimmage against each other. Anyway, not many moments that uh, from my football playing days that I can brag about. Certainly nothing I did. I think I might have played kickoff returns. That tells you a lot about my athletic ability to then junior high and eight man on a team of 14 people that Matt Dano could not see the field. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. All right. As well, you're going to hear from, uh, from John Coffey, voice of the Bearcats, Trevor Hahn from the Jefferson City Tribune as well, and Bearcats, according to Eli. All that's coming up here on Bleeding Green. Welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. It's time for this week's player interview. Joined by senior defensive lineman number 55, Drake Kinsella. And Drake, man, thanks so much for taking a little time and coming on Bleeding Green here with me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about you. I know you went to went to Worth County. You uh, Did you grow up in Grant City? I sure did. You know, it's funny. Both my parents are from Chillicothe, and my dad and Walker Graves' dad, who is also from Chillicothe, were, were uh, played together right beside each other on the offensive line. He, uh, Walker's dad, Jason, played tight end, and my dad was a tackle both on the, I believe, the right side there for Chillicothe back in the day. But, oh, nice. yeah, so my family roots back in Chillicothe, but my mom ended up getting a teaching job here at uh, Worth, Worth County, and my dad got a job here in Maryville, and they weren't originally going to stay here for that long, but I guess they just ended up fall in love with the small community and I end up staying growing up here. Gotcha. You got any siblings? I do. I have one older brother, Dylan Kinsella. He uh, graduated back in, oh, from North County back in 2012, 2013. Okay. A while ago. So is sports a big part of you growing up? Did you play lots of, as you, as you were younger, did you play kind of everything, whatever season it was? Yeah, really. Uh, my, Two main sports were uh, football and basketball. Gosh, I remember playing football, starting that up since third grade and just keep on grinding that since then. And, you know, right away I could tell I just had a love for the game. So, and my dad really pushed and persuaded me that, you know, you don't get to play football for the rest of your life. So, you know, just make the most out of it. And that's what I've been trying to do. Nice. So is it, was it always kind of your favorite, the one you gravitated toward? Yeah. You know, I'm more of a bigger, I've always been more of a bigger physical guy. So that kind of just <laughs> blended in well with me. So, <laughs> well, I mean, Worth County, heck of a football program. It has been for, for, uh, you know, I, I graduated high school in 02 and it, and it was back then um, as well. And so, I mean, you, you obviously had a lot of success from all state three times defensively, a couple of times on the O line. Um, you know, what, uh, you have any, I'm sure you do. I know you won a state championship in 2017. What are some of your favorite memories as you look back to your high school days playing football? 
Uh, you know, obviously 2017 when state was huge for us in our senior class, but I think really it's just having that team camaraderie, the team bonding that we had. It was pretty nice. And, you know, being from a small town, everybody knows everyone. So you could go into, you know, small town, you know, Grand State, all we had was the Casey's, but you can go into Casey's and people will come up and say, hey, nice game, 55. And, you know, it's just like the. The, the whole town and the whole county come together and, you know, having appreciation for that sport. And that's what you kind of see the carryover here in Maryville being a smaller Division two town. You know, you can see that, you know, this town and all the people really surround their, around their sports programs. So I'm kind of coming from the background where I'm kind of used to that and I kind of like it. Well, you mentioned 55. So has that always been has always been your number? Yeah, uh, ever since junior high, I've had 55. In high school, I had opportunity to get 55. And my first year here where I was able to actually play, Spencer Phillips had it. And, you know, I wasn't going to take it from Spencer, obviously. So I just, I just had to wait my opportunity for when he graduated. That If the op- opportunity was there to t- take 55, then, you know, I was going to take it. And turns out previous year, nobody else wanted it. So I was like, I just hopped on the opportunity to get it again. Sure. Sure. Well, so, so kind of talk me through what recruiting was like for you. I mean, you know, Grant City, Worth County, eight man school, Um, you know, what, what other schools were you looking at besides Northwest? And when did you start getting recruited? Was it as a junior? Was it, were you going to camps, that sort of thing? Uh, It's really funny, actually, you know, Coming into my senior year, I was really, you know, I was looking towards the future already. I was thinking I was just going to go into trade school and become a plumber or electrician or something, you know. But soon, as I got into my senior year, and especially after my senior year, I got a couple of small NAI schools, you know, call me up, wanted me to come visit and stuff. I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could try this, try this college football thing out, but... Yeah, I wasn't really sold, but then whenever Northwest uh, called me up and wanted to take a look at me then, I was like, ooh, if I get the opportunity, I might have to jump on that. You know, coming, living only a sort 40, 40, 45 minutes away from Maryville, I've always had a love and passion. You hear about the family type atmosphere, the culture here, and yeah, I've always been a big fan of the Northwest program. So whenever I got that opportunity to come play here i hopped on it and i was so excited do you remember your visit uh i actually i was one of the later recruits i didn't actually get a visit i just uh the coaches came to my uh i think it was coach right and i forgot the assistant at the time they actually came to worth county to the high school and that we had to go to our computer lab to sit down and talk with them and that's when he kind of was like, I know this is late and all, but we have a couple roster spots, recruiting spots open here on the D-line, and I kind of like your frame and uh, your give-a-crap uh, factor. So uh, he was wanting to know if I had the, if I wanted to, if I wanted to pursue being a D-lineman at the next level. I, was, I you know, I, I played off like, you know, I'll, I'll think about whatever, but... But I knew as soon as that meeting was over, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, having Coach Wright as your D-line coach, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, totally. You hit the nail on the head there. 
So, you know, kind of talk me through, you know, you know I ask uh, pretty much everybody about this, about kind of the red shirt year. There's kind of a bonding experience. You're getting used to the program. You're spending a lot of time in the weight room, probably as a lineman, a lot of time in the union, eating lots of eating lots of calories and things. What what was your uh, any special memories or anything from that from that red shirt year for you? Me, it's yeah, like you said, it's really being able to bond with your fellow classmates, especially that redshirt freshman year. It's it's a crappy year because you know you have to you have weights with Joe Q, which is never fun. But then you you have five a.m., so you kind of have to embrace the suck with your fellow classmates. But where the real bonding happens for me was really in the dorms because that's I think at Dietrich Hall, I think. It was a good majority of the football guys all lived on floor on two floors there, and we were just able to go to each other's room and get to reconnect and build bonds and memories there. So that's really what I remember. And like I said, you kind of read your freshman year. That's where Joe Q is trying to break you. Uh, he really tries to push you and. Uh, see what you're made out of. See if you got what it takes to be a Bearcat. So that's where you kind of have to embrace the suck, and that's where you really get to find out what uh, teammates are in it, which teammates are not so sure if they're wanting to go down this process or not. So that's really what I remember from the rest of your freshman year. But what did you learn about yourself kind of through that? Uh, I kind of, real quick, I realized if I want to play, I've got to put on weight. And that was a big thing for me. So I, uh, it's kind of ironic. So what I did was I had my roommate ended up being Walker Graves, which he didn't have an issue, a big issue of weight when he first got there. So what I tried to do in the dorm rooms is whatever he ate, I tried to match it. And <laughs> sure enough, that did, I ended up gaining the weight I needed. So I, and he always, uh, he doesn't like this story because it makes him, out to sound fat <laughs> but it's, i mean it's true that's what i did i just tried to copy what he ate if i wanted to be a known as a bigger guy there at northwest i have to start eat, i had to start eating like a bigger guy so that was the big deal for me was getting the weight and my strength up and with strength when you gain your weight uh you find out soon that you'll be able to push more weight so that was the big deal for me well then you, uh, you know, last year ends up being a tough season dealing with injuries and things. How, mm -hmm. how did you, how did you push through that? And how did you kind of stay positive? You know, that's the hard part. You always got to stay positive, not just for yourself, but for your teammates. Uh, you have to stay positive because if you come in with a crappy attitude, you're just bringing everybody else's attitude down. You have to stay positive. You have to stay supportive. You have to really uh, just not just focus on yourself, but focus on others. And uh, that's really what I tried to do. I always uh, was checking up on guys and uh, wondering what I could do to help out the team and also worry about myself to get myself back out on the field. Well, so what was your, you know, as you, as you were getting ready for this season, your senior year, again, coming off the injury, what were your focuses kind of this off season and, and going into fall camp this year? Uh, really just, trying to help out the younger guys uh you know like you said it's my senior year but we're pretty young in the d-line room take or not me being the only senior so my deal is what could i do to help 
this position group go forward into the future and be more successful. So whether that was to get together and do more drills after weights or before weights, after running, before running again in the film room, and uh, kind you know, get more of that bonding with these younger guys. It's crazy. I'm, I just turned 24 and we just have a freshman that is still 17. And I don't know how that is possible, but it is, but uh, it's, you know, but still, you still need to learn how to bond with these kids and, uh, you know, it's kind of teach them the Northwest way. And that's really what my focus has been. Perfect. Well, what's, uh, what's your major and then what are kind of your plans after, uh, after graduation? Uh, my major right now is just sports management, and my plans really. I still plan on getting to a workforce. I think I'm going to go to power lineman school, and that's going to take a good uh, three months. But from there, I'm going to go right into the workforce and uh, kind of pursue my dreams that way. Perfect. All right. Well, Drake, I've got uh, I've got six final questions here. The pick six. Are Are you ready for them? Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. First question: Are you a superstitious guy? Do you have? Are you? Do you have any pregame rituals, or have to wear the same socks? Anything like that? Superstitious? Uh, really, I like to get alone and you know listen to music. Maybe watch some like more uh, proficient or maybe some old uh, D line tape is the big deal. You know, maybe there's the last second thing I could pick up and try find useful for the upcoming game but really yeah i just like to get my get by myself listen to music watch some tape and kind of get in the zone is what i'd like to do that's about it though all right all right fair enough second question of the big six who has the best dance moves in the locker room Ooh, best dance moves you know i would have to say besides myself I'll say I'll say Claim Power can get 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 down Jiggy. I'll say that. Yeah, he whenever he gets the right music going, yeah, he can definitely get <laughs> get down. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Third question of the pick six. Do you have a go-to movie that's just kind of a comfort? You know, if you need to cheer up, you know mm-hmm. you're going to be in a good mood. Kind of a kind of a go-to movie. I would say uh, Gladiator. Back back in the day with old Russell Crowe, you know, I just think that's a very iconic movie. I know they're coming out with a second one here before too long. I don't know why, but they are. But I I like Gladiator. I like the story, and I think it's just overall a great movie. It is a great movie. Funny funny enough, my roommate in college, uh, that's the movie he would always watch when he was cramming for a test. He'd seen it fifty times or whatever. He'd seen it so many times he knew the whole movie. But if he was pulling an all nighter cramming for a test, he would always put the gladiator on. It's kind of fun. Just a comfort movie. Yeah, it's it a good is. comfort movie. I totally understand. All right. Fourth uh, fourth question of the pick six. I I've given Isaac Volstead a lot of grief about not liking the office. Um, do you have an unpopular opinion? What's your most unpopular opinion? Ooh, so he doesn't like The Office. I'm not a big Friends guy. I'll say that. You know, it's back in the day. I know it's one of the most popular, if not the most popular TV shows of all time, but I guess I've never was able to get into it. Fair enough. And that might that might be a big one. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. All right. Fifth question. What can you not leave home without? Ooh. Can't leave home without 
Mm, like from my just parents like home in or your from- pocket or no, like me, it's my chapstick. Like it's not okay. even my phone. I think most people's hands are probably yeah. their phone, but yep. Okay, mine would be my uh, headphones, my AirPods, because I like to, you know, if I'm going in between classes or walking somewhere, I'd like to put those in, and I either would put on a podcast or some type of music, and that's like how I like to walk and travel. Is you know, I always have something in my ears. All right, perfect. Last question. I'm going to go a little bit serious on this one. So when you're uh, at some point this season, the the season's going to end, your career as a Bearcat's going to end. What do you want people to remember about you? That I was a uh, fun, loving guy that, you know, at the end gave it up, gave it my all. I had to uh, go through some adversity that other players didn't. And at the end of the line, I like to think that I gave it my all and, uh, I accept the fellow D linemen that are coming up uh, in a good, I don't know, a good uh, path forward that they're, that, that they learn the kind of D line way and how we do things around here. Perfect. Well, Drake, I appreciate you taking time. You know, I'm I'm a big eight man guy, so I always have a soft spot for you guys that played eight man football. So I uh, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, and and best of luck the rest of the season. Of course, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. Time to get the view from the press box. Joined by voice of the Bearcats, John Coffey. And and uh, boy, John, uh, a rough one last week. The Bearcats are one and two for the first time since '03. Not ranked for the first time since that season, and and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of, this is unusual. Not something we're used to seeing for sure. No, that's uh, that's the case. But if you remember that year, we went on a pretty good run after that. So hopefully, that's what Northwest has in store the rest of the season. Well, I think the, I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because I, I do feel like I don't, I don't feel like the team's terrible. I don't feel like there's not talent or, or that the coaches aren't good or anything like that. I think the, the, while it's not a guarantee, we're a long way from the end of the season and maybe ending the season with two losses, but, but I would say there's definitely some reasons to be optimistic. Yeah, I think there were some good things that came out of the team. Uh, uh, you look at the defensive side of that uh, matchup of Fort Hay State. Uh, you got four sacks out of that defensive front four, uh, the first sacks of the season. Uh, I think, uh, uh, of course, uh, you're seeing uh, some good linebacker play, uh, an interception by Isaac Volstead. Also, Bryce Crone's really coming along. I think he's going to be a force as a part of that uh, linebacking crew and Andrew Dumas there. So they're very solid there. They just unfortunately gave up a couple big plays again, and I think they're worked to eliminate those coming into this week but i think defensively seeing some progress especially when you've got some uh some uh, young people on that uh, defensive line what that while they got snaps a year ago they're the uh, on the front line now is uh, the leaders so just uh, there's a little bit of a transition period there and we're seeing them make some progress and seeing some of the younger guys who didn't necessarily get snaps a year ago step up and start to play well in that matchup with uh Fort Hay State. So I think defensively, there are some good things out of that. 
on the offensive side. It was just unfortunate. They had some, a couple of drives that they just couldn't knock it in for uh, touchdowns. And uh, that would have changed the uh, game dramatically had that happened. So it, it wasn't all doom and gloom. I think uh, they came out of that uh, and made some steps in the right direction. It's just unfortunate they had to do that with a loss instead of a win. Yeah, that turnover late it was was a pretty big backbreaker for the offense getting the turnover going down there. But I mean, you know, if you're if you know, I I always try to look for positives as well. And 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 I think you look at him, Noah Gastella, He he came in and kicked at his first two kicks, and and uh, you know, I think that was it was a nice thing to see as well. Yeah, and I think we'll see that aspect of the game improve as the year goes along too. So I, I think the 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 future is uh, strong. It's just a matter of uh, they've got to overcome a, a few injuries and uh, just a few mistakes that they've made in the first uh, uh, three weeks of the season, and uh, just kind of learn from that and uh, continue to get better. Yeah, well, and look at the running game too. I mean, you know, Tank Young didn't have. I mean, he still ran for a hundred yards. He's leading rusher in, in the conference right now. Or I mean, Jay Harris rather. And then Tank Young is also somebody. The last two weeks has really come in, and I think he's looked like a different player than he was a year ago. Yeah, I think he's uh, going to. We're going to see some good things out of him, and I'm sure he's not quite a hundred percent yet, just from the injury suffered in that green white game. So each week we go along. Hopefully, he'll get a little bit healthier. And uh, Jay Harris is going to be a workhorse for Northwest. And I think uh, fans are going to really enjoy what he has to offer. Obviously, he's done a lot already in his career, but he's just going to continue to get better. Well, I think the thing I don't know as as I look at it, the thing we're going to have to see is probably the the offensive line, the receivers step up anytime you've got a young quarterback. I mean, that's a tough spot to be in, but um, you know, I mean, these guys come to Northwest right for a reason, and so I, you know, I, I believe you know whichever young quarterback we're we're seeing, whether it's Henry again or Chris Runke, those guys are are some talented quarterbacks, and I think they got some bright futures ahead in Bearcat uniforms. Oh, I do too. I mean, they were highly recruited coming out of high school and they chose uh, to go to Northwest Missouri State for a reason too. And I think we'll just see them uh, get it better as the year goes along. And of course, looking at the receiving core, hopefully get Kashawn Griffin healthier this week. Uh, again, uh, that, he's a playmaker and a difference maker. So when he's healthy, you can see a lot of good things out of him. So I, I think that'll make a huge uh, difference as well. Well, this, so what, as you look at it, kind of, and obviously we know we have Lincoln, we know the reality of the situation and, and, uh, but we know, you know, going back to last year, they, they have some explosive offensive players. They can make some plays and you know, last week they played better defensively against kind of a struggling Washburn team down a quarterback. But, um, you know, what do you look at? You, you really wanting to see from the Bearcats this weekend? Well, I, I think primarily they just need to go out and, uh, do what Northwest does and uh, and uh, make improvements in that aspect of things. And now again, Lincoln in the second year with uh, their head coach Jermaine Gales, and uh, it's a rebuilding process for him. And he does have uh, some athletes, and I think. Uh, some playmakers, so uh, they, they have to limit uh, the big play against uh, Lincoln. And uh, uh, again, I think Lincoln's uh, getting better. Again, the the one loss record is not indicating that at this particular time, but 
uh, the, the, and they've got a, obviously a long ways to go yet, but you can't go in and take them lightly from the, the aspect. They, they can kind of strike quickly with a couple of their guys. They've got a receiver. They've got a pretty good running back in Omar Allen, and their uh, quarterback, Xavier Vaughn, who missed most of the last season with an injury, has uh, done a, a decent job there. So I, I think uh, Northwest continues to make strides like they did against Florida State on the defensive side, though. That'll be important. And uh, Northwest just needs to find a way to get the ball in the end zone against uh, Lincoln. And uh, that has been something that, uh, that at least Emporia and uh, Missouri Western is able to do. Washburn struggled a bit with that last week. But uh, I think you'll see this team, if they can get up a, a little bit of a lead, start to relax and just go out there and have some fun and play some football. I think they pressed a little bit last week, especially after falling behind. So uh, it, I, just a little success begets but success. And Hopefully we'll see that uh, coming up uh, during the game Saturday. Well, something I'm, I'm always interested in and I try to add is, is perspective, you know, to things and, and good grief, John, you've seen about as much Bearcat football as, as anybody that's around, um, you know, how, how do you approach kind of, you know, yes, we've struggled the, so far this season, but I think you and I are both of the opinion, Hey, you know, the sky's not falling. Things aren't over. You know, <laughs> you lose a couple of games. You still got a football program. You still got, you know, seniors that, and to go out there and play hard and, and players, coaches, all that sort of thing. How, how do you kind of look at the early season struggles? Well, I just, uh, I remember several years uh, at Northwest would drop a game or two early back in the Mel Churchman era even, and then make a heck of a run through the uh, rest of the season and into the playoffs. So uh, again, it's still early. We're just going into uh, week four this week, and uh, uh, there's obviously room for improvement. And I think uh, their coaching staff is looking at that and trying to get the right players in the right place. And I think we'll see an improvement coming up this week. And then if they can build off of this, going into a Central Missouri matchup, which uh, you're looking at a mule team that's much improved and uh, to see what happens uh, the week after that and just take it a game at a time right now. And uh, I know that's kind of a trite saying, but uh, I think uh, as the season goes along, you'll see this team makes a marked improvement. Well, one other thing, you know, this is, of course, family weekend. And, uh, you know, we're going to see a lot of red hats uh, at Bearcat Stadium. But what does this weekend mean to you? What, what does family day and family weekend mean mean to you? Well, I think it's just a, a fun time to see a lot of people that come back. It's a, essentially a, a kind of another homecoming type of game. Really, you're going to have a, a packed house, and uh, it's some, a lot of excitement around the stadium, which is always fun. And uh, there's nothing more fun than being at Bearcat Stadium when the place is uh, packed and loud and uh, having some fun out there. So uh, it's, it's always an enjoyable game. Good stuff. Well, John, as always, appreciate it and uh, and look forward to uh, seeing you or uh, listening to you, depending on what folks are doing Saturday for the game. All right. Glad to help. Hey, this is Mike Peterson, former Northwest Missouri State University Bearcat, tight end number 89, and you're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green, joined by Trevor Hahn of the Jefferson City Tribune and joining me to talk about the Lincoln Blue Tigers. And uh, Trevor, I appreciate you coming back on and, and talking to me uh, again on the podcast this season. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite. Um, it's just another season in Lincoln Blue Tiger football, looking for that first win since 2019. Yeah, 29-game losing streak. I mean, that's tough. Obviously, Lincoln... In, 
in uh, football, no longer in the MIAA and, and going to join the, the GLVC here and um, in all sports after that. But um, just kind of looking at this team, I mean, I want to talk about the Washburn game here in just a little bit. But as you kind of look at this team last year compared to this year, this season's version of the of the Blue Tigers, what do you see as the big differences between this year's team from last year's? Um, I, I really think this year's team's more talented at the top end. Uh, they're really struggling with depth. They've been uh, the big thing for Gales last year in year one was getting the program numbers up. He took over a program that had no more than 60, 65 kids at the end of the season prior to when he came. He was able to get that number up to 110, 115, which, which is good. But the problem he's running into is getting some of these kids uh, eligible. So they're really too deep at almost every position and some injuries have kind of knocked them down to one deep, uh, most importantly on the offensive line, which is kind of a big worry when you're facing Northwest. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this team is talented. They're, they're just really struggling to stay healthy and getting enough guys on the field. Well, and Coach Gales, I mean, he, he came in with, with kind of that offensive acumen of, of being a, a you know, pretty good play caller, pretty good schemer and, and able to do things on offense. And that kind of seems to be the thing. I mean, there's been some kind of, as, as coach Wright calls them chunk plays, you know, given up this season for us against other teams, but also as I've seen, you know, mentioned Xavier Vaughn, he ran for an 85 yard touchdown in, uh, in week one. I mean, it seems like the offense has some big playability. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Xavier Vaughn. He hasn't really been able to run much since uh, about halfway through that Week 2 game. He got his ankle banged up, so he's been kind of limping around. But Darius Ely's really the guy that makes this offense go at wide receiver. Uh, he's the veteran of the group. He, he's he's going to be gone after this year. But um, dating back to last year, I think he had nine touchdowns. He ended up as a third-team all-conference player. And when you're playing on Lincoln, getting third-team all-conference honors is – is honestly quite the uh, accomplishment there. But he, him and uh, Winston Osmer really stretched defenses down the field. And, and Lincoln's been kind of living and dying by the deep ball because they, they haven't really been able to sustain drives because the offensive line uh, play that I mentioned, it, it's really hard for them to consistently get three, four, five yards of carry. So they face a lot of third down and long situations and they face a lot of big deficits, which helps for the downfield, uh, downfield uh, shots. That's for sure. Well, let's talk about the defense because, you know, obviously some uh, quite a few points given up the first two weeks, but you know, when you take a look at last week's game um, against Washburn, you know, the defense holds Washburn and I know they're down, you know, to their backup quarterback, but you know, Hey, holding them to 24 points, especially after the first, you know, 17, nothing after the first quarter. And then they really held them. It is, is the defense improved on, on this team? Oh, that, that's uh, still a question up in the air, if you ask me, because obviously the first two weeks were not pretty, giving up 56 and 68 uh, consecutively. And they, they were dealing with some pretty major injuries in the secondary, which didn't help against two passive, uh, heavy offenses in Missouri Western and uh, Emporia State. They, they really like to throw the ball downfield. But Cyrus Davis was able to come back at cornerback last week. Yeah, he was able to make a few plays. And, and the edge rushers really started to uh, kind of make a name for themselves. And Isaac, Rob, Isaac Robinson and uh, a freshman really stepped up there, too. So, I mean, there's steps being made, but there's definitely still a long ways to go. And they know that. But it, it's really trying to contain these these uh, explosive offenses and kind of make them uh, – 
not do what they want to do and drive down the length of the field and have extended drives and kind of hope you can force them into a mistake eventually. And that's kind of what they thrived on last year. Well, talk to me about this game last week against Washburn. Cause again, you know, kind of look, saw the score and thought, wait, is, is that right? You know, it's, is a pretty low scoring game. You mentioned giving up, you know, in the fifties and sixties and points the first two weeks. What, what was this team able to do against Washburn and kind of how did that game play out and, and what successes were they able to have? So early on, they were giving up big plays in the running game. Uh, and then they ended up, the only other touchdown after that first quarter you mentioned was a long post route over the middle in between two defenders. I honestly thought it was pretty good defense on the play, just a good ball by Van Dyne. Uh, but yeah, last week, they were really able to kind of, like I mentioned, kind of frustrate that Washburn offense and not let them uh, not let them have the big play and, and kind of were okay with them getting the three, four, five-yard runs and then eventually hoping they go for fourth downs. And they went for a few fourth downs last week and weren't able to get it. And that kind of uh, gained some momentum for Lincoln on the sideline. And then as that game went on, um, if Lincoln's offense shows up a little bit earlier than it did, that would have been a game in the fourth quarter, and that would have been pretty interesting. Well, and looking at this game, the Bearcats and, and Blue Tigers for this weekend, the the uh, you know one of the things we saw in in Jeff City last year was Lincoln's ability against Northwest to kind of hit some big plays and and you know put up a few points. I mean, obviously the Bearcats scored almost sixty, but um, you know is that you know as as we're looking kind of at the game, I mean, is that where the Blue Tigers are, are hoping they can they can hit this defense? Yeah, I think that they they hope for them every week. Uh, the, if you talk to the coach like I do every week, they're going to tell you they want to run the football. Um, just because of how poorly they ran it last year. I, I mean, week one this year, they had over 25% of the produ- production on the ground that they had all of last year. So it was really a struggle to run the football last year. So they're still trying to establish that identity that they can do it this year. Um, there hasn't been much progress in that front since week one, and it does not help that Xavier Vaughn's ankle is the way it is because they like to run a lot of read options and he's a dynamic athlete. Once he gets out on the perimeter, uh, I think Emporia State saw that on the 85 yard touchdown. He can really go once he gets out there, but that just kind of takes an element out of their offense that defenses really don't have to prepare for anymore. And I, I saw it last week, kind of Washburn, once Vaughn got out of the pocket, they were almost daring him to take off. And it's like, I know you can't really do this right now. I want to see you try. And so getting them back back to full health is going to be very important, but it's also not going to be easy because he's kind of forced to play right now with the quarterback situation. Backup quarterback, uh, also starting wide receiver, Nathan Valencia, he's hurt. Uh, and then the freshman behind him, they're really trying to redshirt, so they don't want to burn that. So he's kind of forced into a situation where he has to play and knowing the kid that he is, he wants to play. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to want to run the football this week. But if you're a Northwest fan, look out for number six because that's who <laughs> that's who's going to get the deep balls. Him and uh, that's a Darius Ely. And then uh, if Trey Osmer and Winston Osmer is what will be listed at, uh, as on the roster, if he's able, able to play this week, that's another deep threat that they look for a lot. Well, I- before I let you go, Trevor, I want to ask you kind of about Coach Gales because, you know, obviously he's he was dealt a, t- a rough hand anyway coming in. You know, mentioned the 29-game losing streak, only 14 of those, only about, you know, about half are, are his losses. Um, so there were definitely struggles before he came in. What You know, what has he 
you know, what are some of the goals that he's trying to accomplish? Is it just build depth? Is it just get this team more competitive? Well, really the overlying goal this year, obviously they, they want to get that first win under Coach Gales. That would take a lot of pressure off this program and really uh, started installing some belief in these young kids. But uh, really what he talked to me about uh, headed into the season was just building momentum headed into this GLBC switch because they're really excited about getting to this new conference. Obviously, the MIAA is so good. Uh, the top half of the conference is always fighting for a playoff berth. Uh, the GLBC is not bad by any means, but they're the bottom half of that conference. You can get some wins. Uh, so they're, they're really trying to be competitive in this in these uh, games against MIAA teams this year. And and just really getting, like I said, installing that belief in the kids that once they get to the GLBC, it's not going to be the same thing where you're giving up 50 or 60 every week. You're you're not getting beat by 40. You're going to be in these games in the fourth quarter. And they, they would really like to have some experience in a close game in the fourth quarter because that would help a lot uh, preparing for next year. Sure, absolutely. Well, Trevor, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, and thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, this is Tony Miles down here in Waco, Texas, listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniels. Hey, if you're not listening to Bleeding Green, you're not listening to anything. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green, and it's time for the Bearcats according to Eli. Eli, buddy, how we doing today? You know what? I'm not saying nothing because because I'm feeling good today. Good. Well, that's good. All right. Well, we've got uh, some scores to talk about. Our pick'em was not stellar. Yeah. Um, we were both three and three. It didn't uh, didn't help with the Bearcats. Not at all. So I went three and three for the second straight week. That's I'm disappointed with myself. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> That's not saying a lot, but still. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Ready to go over these? All right. Well, I'll just go go over them kind of in the order that I have them. Missouri Southern did beat Nebraska Kearney. We had that game. We both picked that game correctly. All of our picks were the same, so no no big differences. It was a lower scoring game than either of us thought. 18-13 for Southern. Nebraska Kearney, I don't even have any idea what's going on. TJ Davis had something like negative two yards rushing. Um but there you go. We were one and zero in that one. The game that I thought might not end up being a close game, even though I picked the score close, and and uh, I thought Pitt could really beat Central Missouri. We ended up picking the game right, but it was a thirty-eight thirty-seven game. Central Coach Lambo goes for two at the end of the game, which I, I don't care what. Uh, I don't know whatever the sheets and common, you know, opinion is, says what to do. I agreed with it. I, I think, I think you live with that decision. Um, in a game home game, you were probably the underdog anyway, kind of playing for house money. The play call I thought was not great. Um, 
I would not have tried to run it in against Pitt's defense, but um, still a heck of a performance against Central Missouri. I think they're getting people's attention. They they certainly kind of made a believer out of me from that game. But we both had Pitt win in that game. Uh, one of the games we got wrong, Mo West at UCO. UCO only lost to Pitt, I think, at home last year. Um, they Missouri Western led twenty to nothing. UCO came back and took the lead, and it looked like that. Uh, well, UCO was going to win the game. Western goes down the field and scores. They end up winning 34-31. We both picked UCO in that game. I was a little bit surprising um, to me. And so I'm interested to see how both of those teams respond and, and play this week. Emporia State at Northeastern, one of the two, two gimmies, I thought, um, of the week. They win 38-0. We both had Emporia winning by pretty big margins. Washburn wins against Lincoln, a closer game than I think anybody thought, a much lower scoring game, 24-10 to 10 Washburn. Now, Washburn had a backup quarterback. He made his first career start. Um, there was a weather delay that I think maybe could have affected things, but that is interesting. That one kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. Eli, what do you think about Washburn only beating Lincoln 24-10? to 10? Wow. Like, I know they had a backup quarterback, and so did we, mm -hmm. which is why we lost. Anyway. No, I'm joking. I don't know that he that's why go. we lost, but you could maybe say there's that could have been a factor. It was a part of it, but I just think our spirit, the offense's spirit, wasn't high enough in my opinion. The defense's spirit was incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that game. Bearcats lose seventeen to six. We, of course, both both pick Northwest, and and that we end up making us both three and three. Um, we watched the game together. We we weren't there, but we watched it. On my phone, had all kinds of issues with the MIAA network, which I'm very unhappy about. Still in contact with them. Um, I could go on a whole rant about that, about how much they charge. I will pay it, but good grief, it better be good. And and the, the broadcasts are just not good enough. I think that's... For other schools and other conferences offering things that have way higher production values and do a way better job for free on YouTube um, and, and other ways to access that, I find that unacceptable. So anyway, strongly worded, but I'll leave it at that. Um, what it was, it was a rough one to watch, huh? Yeah, it was not. It was not satisfying. It was not. You're right. The the offense did kind of seem very down. And the defense, though, they I think they played their best game of the season. Yeah, I was about to say that that was definitely their best game. That was – it was – we may have had no interceptions. We may have not uh, – We did have an interception. We did? Isaac oh, yeah, Volstead yeah, had yeah, one, yeah, yeah, down by the five. Yeah. And we had three – three sacks? Four Two? sacks. Four. Mm -hmm. More than I thought. Each one of the D linemen had that one. That was – and I was really happy about that. And we kept them from getting a lot of points. If our her defense played how with the spirit our offense had, we would have lost by a margin, a huge margin. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that our defense had spirit. Our offense had spirit, but not enough, in my opinion. Yep. Well, we get Lincoln this week. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. We should... We better not lose. I, I don't know. And listen, this is going to sound so disrespectful, but I'm not sure that that's possible. Sure, it's possible, but... 
you know, I, you know, you're, I think you're going to accidentally win by 30 or 40. I mean, you better hope you do. Um, you know, last year, I think the consensus was we didn't play very well and we won by 38. So, uh, I'm expecting the defense to keep doing what they're doing. Lincoln likes, they score in big plays. So if we cut down the big plays, we can hold them to a pretty low point total. We're going to get multiple interceptions. We're going to get even more sacks. And Mm -hmm. this is the backup quarterback's time where he can probably do best Mm because no offense towards Lincoln, but 100% offense towards Lincoln. (laughs) They're not a good team at all. No, they're not. They've lost 29 games in a row, by the way. They haven't won? Yeah. Well, Lincoln, that's depressing. Yeah. If you're a Lincoln fan, you're probably – you don't talk about it if you know anybody else who's a fan of any other MIAA team. Well, they're not in the MIAA anymore, at least oh, not yeah. in football. They're, and then they they're moving down. to another conference this year. Well, in all the other sports, they're still in the MIAA, but just not in football. They're technically a non-conference game for us. and so. But this will probably be the last year that we play them, I would imagine. Then we better beat them by a landslide. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is not... I mean, yeah, we're almost to predictions. Okay. Are we starting predictions? Let's let's do predictions. You still want to save the Bearcats until last? Yeah, like okay. normal. Okay. UCO is at Emporia. UCO started off last week not great, down 20 to nothing against Western. Now they came back, Emporia. they lost 34-31, yeah. I'm interested to see how they do, though. I don't think anybody's probably going to pick them to win. Um. What are you going for a, a score with Emporia's win? Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Ooh, ah, this is difficult. 34-28. I think that's a touchdown game. That is a touchdown wow. game. Wow, okay. I can I, th- math. I think it has the... I don't know. I think... If you're an Emporia fan, you're probably hoping you win by a couple of scores. I say Emporia 35, UCO 20. I have no idea what to expect. I still don't feel like I have a <laughs> I have a gauge on UCO, and I'm struggling in the MIAA in general. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think Emporia wins that game. All right, UCM is at Washburn. Interested Washburn. Really got me scratching my head only beating Lincoln 24 to 10 when Mo West put up 68 on Lincoln the week before. Um, I did pick up Taylor Peters, the uh, Washburn running back in fantasy last week, and he ran for 100 yards and a touchdown. So so that that was good. That helped me out. But um, this week I'm not so sure. UCM at Washburn. Who's UCM again? Central Missouri. Ah, uh, okay. You can – you can you can say Central Missouri. Anyway. I'm sorry. I just was reading I what I had written down on the paper, and I wasn't trying to throw you off. Central Missouri. Central Missouri. Lost a pit by one. They're still they're going to win then, obviously. Central Missouri. I think Central wins, yes. What's the score then? I think they'll win by like 41. To, oh, let me do my 14. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yes, no, by the way, it's taking me a minute to think, but I'm not stupid and I'm not coming up with random things. I'm calculating touchdowns. <laughs> no, that's, that's Let me calculate I don't, my touchdowns. I wasn't. 
I wasn't calling you stupid. I know. Okay. Just making sure the people watching don't think I'm stupid. That's the worst case of scenario. I don't care if you think I'm stupid. What does your opinion mean to me? <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Oh, that hurt. Also, people listening. I don't if anyone's watching, they're just probably seeing the logo on their phone. <laughs> no one can see us but you and me, brother. Oh. Actually, no, that's for the greater good. Yeah, I have a face for radio, so it's all good. All right. I, yeah, I've got UCM. Maybe not quite by the margin that you have them, but a, a, a win almost doubling Washburn, 33-17. Northeastern State is at Missouri Southern. So we're agreeing two for two. I'm interested to see if this is going to... I think there's one game we might disagree on, um, and it's not this one. Northeastern State at Missouri Southern. Southern's rolling, man. Obviously. They beat the- Carney last week. Who the heck do you think I'm going to choose? Southern. They're on a roll after we beat them. They were like, wow, we're going we're gonna to start winning. And they have. They've won yeah. both games since then. What's your score? What's my score? Wait, my score? No, I'm Your joking. predicted score. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What were the teams again? I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I remember. I remember. Uh, did I already choose who would win? Yeah, you said Southern, but yeah, what's the yeah, score? Yeah, Southern. Anyway, Southern wins. Mm-hmm. Like, let's think. Uh, 28-3. I know. Okay. I mean, Northeastern State did get shut out last week. I'm going to go 34 to 12, a solid Southern win. Nebraska Kearney, they are massively struggling, not running TJ Davis for some unknown reason to me. I have no idea what's going on there. This is what I feared would happen uh, this season. Uh, anyway, whatever. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. At Pitt, I'm guessing you're picking Pitt in this game. Who against who? I'm sorry, when I yawn, my ears can, like, not hear very well. Okay, Nebraska Kearney. Versus Pitt. At Pitt. Okay. In Um, the jungle. Nebraska Kearney, you feel me all the time. You're terrible. Okay, you're not terrible. You're better than Lincoln and Northeastern State. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're not terrible or bad. You're decent. Maybe bad. I don't know. Um, huh. Yes, definitely Pitt, of course. Um. How much are they going to destroy them by? 42 calculations. 14, probably. Okay. I've got Pitt with a 30-17 to 17 win over Nebraska Kearney. All right. Here's the game I'm not sure if we're going to agree on or not. Um, Hayes. Travels to St. Joe, plays at Missouri Western. This one, I think, is probably the pick'em game of the week. Mo West. You're all, you are going to pick Mo West. Wait, who was the teams again? Forte State at <sighs> Mo West. Huh. Okay. I just thought about that in Mo West. I'm not going to root for them. I did before. You don't have to root for him. It's just who you think is going to win. Um, they're, pro- they're, probably Fort Hayes. After I saw their performance against our incredible defense, I think they'll win. Okay. What's your score? 
Uh, okay. Over oh, this is. Oops, sorry. Twenty-eight-seven. Wow. Okay. All right. I think this is game of the week. It'll be the closest game. I think it might even be a coin flip, but I, I, I got Western winning this one, twenty-one to twenty. I think it's a barn burner. And uh, you, Dad, you. Here, here's the thing. You want my unfiltered opinion here? Hayes was not that impressive last week, which makes it even more distant. You know, makes it sting a little bit more. Because that Lawson didn't didn't say they didn't play hard, and their defense didn't play well, but I was that not number Im- one. I was not impressed. That number one receiver, don't know his name. Don't know. Yeah, who they he had is, two receivers that were good. But, but I that know one he's kid real from good. Houston. Yeah, their D one transfer was was yeah number one. He's he was, from D one. Yeah, he. No he, wonder he's so good. He played at Houston and like played and contributed to their started? offense. Started. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he started, but I think he might have. Jeez Louise, they're At lucky one point. to have him. They are real lucky to have him. But, yeah. All right, so there's our difference. So that'll that'll depend how the pick'em goes, I'm guessing. So I'm guessing we're both picking the Bearcats here in a landslide. You know what? I think that you're mad because you're, you're just mad that you weren't as cool as me when I was your age. I mean, when you were my age, when I was your age. <laughs> That's who we're anyway, doing some time traveling Because you, you know what? I bet you didn't have a podcast. I bet your teacher didn't listen to you, the, your podcast. You want to give a shout out to anybody then? Yeah. Before we do, before or after we do the uh, pick the Bearcat game. You want to pick the Bearcat game first? Yeah, let's do the Bearcat game first. Okay. What's the score? It's Bearcats. What's the score? Hmm. 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 64. Oh. You're six, looking at me crazy. 64. Uh, finish your score and I'll tell you what I thought you said. 6 to 4? I thought you said 6 to 4. Oh my. And I knew you would have been kidding, but it, yeah, it definitely made me look up. Yeah, you got like, I was like, did I do something? Am I going to, are you going to scream at me after this? <laughs> I had this? my head down here. I'm writing on this piece of paper and Eli, as Eli and I are sitting across from each other to paint a picture for you listening. And I thought he said six to four. And I looked up and I must have given you a really strange look. Uh-huh. I, I thought you were about to beat me up after this. And I'm like, <laughs> no. you think that they're not going to win by a landslide? Okay, no, 64. I got it. So what do you think Lincoln's going to score? 14. They can score a few. Yeah. I know that. A couple long plays, maybe. 45-13. That's what I'm going to go with for the Bearcats. And I have the Bearcats, I think, scoring more points than anybody else in the pick in the forum. So, but... Yeah. Okay. You gonna give a shout out to your teacher that listens? Yeah, to my teacher. Do that that's it. Yeah. Do Do you want me to say something else? Well, usually when you give a shout out to somebody, you say their name. Say their and name. Say hi to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lori Keller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that... you could call her Mrs. Keller. Okay. Whatever. Hi, Mrs. Mrs. Keller. I'll call her Mrs. Keller. Hi, Mrs. Hi, Keller. Thanks. <laughs> You're my favorite teacher and the coolest teacher. Okay, now let's move on. <laughs> also, you're also mad because you didn't score two 
toss-up questions in your scholar bowl when you are my age. Now, be quiet if you did. I didn't. No, but I didn't because I didn't do. Oh, you're a loser. I'm better. I didn't do academic team. And I'm going to get ice cream. You can cut that out. Anyway. I leave it all in, brother. I do not edit any of this stuff. Oh, no. It's all in. You don't edit it? So you just you just put it out there? No, I'm joking. I know what you meant. Anyway. Um. Well, time to wrap it up. Yep, you gonna wrap it up? Yeah. So, Bearcats are not yellow because I think that's Fort Hayes, and Fort Hayes are nerds. Um, and they're not they're not grayish. They're not grayish. They're uh, what color are they again? I'm joking. They're green. There he is. Mr. Eli with the Bearcats, according to Eli. I thought he was going to say red, and I was going to have to to uh, correct him. Be like, oh, hey, buddy, this weekend, there will definitely be lots of red at Bearcat Stadium. Now, I do want to tell you, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast talking about, um, you know, it makes me really proud that the, that the coaches continue to keep Scott's memory alive. I did ask Eli after we stopped. I was like, "Hey, do you do you know who Scott Bostwick was?" And he said, "Yeah, he was a he was that coach, right? That that passed away before he got to coach a game. So he knew, he knows. I mean, and so that was uh, that was good. I was a little a little proud of myself there um, as well that he knows that. So and, and, he, and he absolutely should. I would have been that would have been something for me to work on certainly. So Eli knows as well. Big family day, family weekend this weekend. If you can get to Maryville." And, uh, and get up there, watch the game. I'm sure it'll be pretty well packed. We'll see how the weather holds out. I don't know. There's maybe some rain in the forecast. But as per recording time here and Wednesday evening is, uh, you know, there was some rain in the forecast so far this week and nothing yet. So I'm, I'm definitely not complaining about that, by the way. I, I'm not ready to have my poncho out during a game yet, but it is what it is. We have to do that. That's what we'll have to do. So should be some good tailgating, though, and other things. We finally get, like, the first afternoon kickoff, midday kickoff, which which I'm always appreciative of, and, uh, and all the rest of the games will be that way as well. A couple of things I want to mention. If you would like to make a donation and help, help me offset some of the costs associated with this podcast, you can do so on Venmo. At Bleeding Green Podcast is the account. No pressure. Again, if you already have, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. I'm not necessarily looking for anything monthly or whatever, just kind of a one-time thing. If, uh, you know, I, I kind of said if, if everybody that would listen could donate $10 just once a year, that would offset or maybe just a little bit more than offset the cost of doing this podcast. So I uh, would definitely appreciate that, but no pressure. You certainly don't have to do that. I'm doing my best to, to uh, keep increasing the quality of Bleeding Green. There are other things you can do as well if you don't want to give monetarily. You can give me just a little bit of your time by sharing the uh, the podcast with folks that you know. Maybe Bearcat alums, other people that you know that are Bearcat fans that would enjoy the podcast. I would certainly appreciate that. And, uh, you know... If, Come follow me online on Twitter. It's underscore bleeding underscore green on Facebook. It's bleeding green podcast is the group 
any shares, likes, any of that stuff certainly helps. You can, I'm pretty sure you can leave a review on the Facebook page as well. I would encourage you to do that. Definitely subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done that. Give it a thumbs up or a five-star review or anything like that. All of those things help and, and certainly help the podcast. You can also go to the website, bleedinggreenpodcast.com. You can just check it out every once in a while and Hey, it helps helps with hits, and at some point, I'll reach a threshold where there's the possibility of ad revenue via the website. Won't be anything that's a lot, but there are different things that I can do with the website to to kind of increase participation and things that way. And again, if you would like to, um, you know, send a question for Eli or myself. Bleedinggreen.bearcats at gmail.com is the email address. You can also, you know, shoot a message on uh, on the Facebook page. You can leave a comment or you can send, you know, a private message. You can do the same thing on Twitter. And uh, I meant to make social media posts about those, and I did not do that. And uh, this this things have gotten a little crazy. And uh, as Eli mentioned last week, he's in Scholar Bowl now. Max, my oldest, is playing football. And, uh, I've, I have my full-time job. I have this podcast and I, uh, started a, a part-time job because I don't have enough stuff going on and, uh, and, and, and dipping my toe back into radio as well. So a little bit of everything, you know, I don't have enough stuff going on. So if I'm not as active on social media, like I'm pretty sure I promised I would be before the season started, give, just give me a little bit of grace because until, until things settle down a little bit, that just may be the way that it is. But Eli and I will, of course, be at the game, rain or shine or whatever happens on Saturday, rooting on the Bearcats and uh, celebrating family weekend. Would encourage you to do that as well. Of course, you can listen on the Bearcat Radio Network, watching MIAA Network, rant aside. Um, you know, it's still better than nothing. So uh, anyway, definitely appreciate all that. And that's going to do it. For this edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football, don't forget, be kind, because kindness makes a difference, especially online, people. Come on. Just be kind. Be nice. Treat people like human beings. Doesn't mean you can't criticize. Just maybe try not to be hateful. That's that's a pretty low bar, but I mean, come on. You can do that. And, of course, as always, go Bearcats. Bearcats. <laughs>